The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to That's So Retrograde. Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in. It's a new time slot. Uh Uh-huh. Look, on television, they say it's not a great sign if you have a new time slot. But guess what's great about podcasting? We're making up new rules. switch it up anytime we want. So we're coming out on Wednesdays now. It's very thrilling. Um, and hump day. A hump day treat, some might say. You guys are so lucky that you get to be humped by me and Elizabeth. <laughs> we have a really special show in store for you. Mm-hmm. We're going to be uh, taking it back. Mm-hmm. We're going on a little trip. A little trip to uh, Austin, Texas. A cute town in the middle of Texas. But if you ask anyone from Austin, you say, I love Texas. They'll go, honey, this ain't Texas. <laughs> This is Austin. And you're like, oh, okay. I'm from New York. I don't know. Breakfast tacos and dreams. <laughs> um, <laughs> but before we get to that interview, mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about some su- sustainable, su- 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 some sustainable choices we've been making in our lives to just turn it around and feel a little bit better about what we're putting out there in the world. I love that. I've been doing a lot of reflecting when I take out my trash and I just see even being a conscious person if I do say so myself it's staggering how much trash that I create and I'm just really trying to be mindful and do do less less. (laughs) it's really difficult even like you know at the I go to the farmer's market every week and even though I bring my own bag a lot of times they're like do you want another plastic bag and it's like whoa like this part this space is supposed to be an increasingly conscious space and it's still the plastic epidemic is hugely problematic and prevalent so i'm hitting up thrive market who isn't and the one of my biggest purchases right now is i'm literally buying all of the reusable plastic items i got the ziploc bags and my favorite thing is these food cozy wraps Ooh, they're tell me more. so cool they're like little circles made of they're it's reusable plastic mm-hmm. i'm assuming unless it's something else but yeah it's definitely reusable plastic and it's so cute because on either end there's a little um velcro thing so it just sort of folds into like a little burrito and then you velcro it shut so you can put like anything anything in there like i always eat half a can of salmon like i eat two one can a day but half at a time and so then i like put that in there instead of putting saran wrap or aluminum foil on top of it or even just like a sandwich or like a satchel of anything like Orange slices, like anything that you could imagine, you can just throw in there and just wash it and use it over and over again. I love that. I about like within the past year, I really wanted to cut down on paper towel. Mm-hmm. So I started using a lot more rags, but some things just call for paper towel, like washing fruit and that type of thing. Yeah. Side question with the rag. Hand raised. Yeah, I have a hand raised because <laughs> I have been trying to use rags too. But yeah. I have a problem with using rags for certain things because then I have to put the rag in my laundry with my clothes separate right cycles uh, right <laughs> <laughs> okay adult stuff yeah. separate cycles okay so more rags so glad I asked that question yeah. more rags have been like the primary source but for some things I find I still need to use paper towel for yeah. so from Thrive I have used the seventh generation 
um, recycled paper towels unbleached. So I they're like the too. brown paper towel. Yeah. Comes in a pack of six. And because I'm using so much less paper towel, they last so long. Mm-hmm. And then I recently also got the um, magic sponge cloth three pack from this brand called Amala. Let me see what it looks like. Looks like this. They're just coming. Oh, three. I was gonna order those. And Should then, I? Yeah, and okay. they're great for surfaces. They're great for pots and pans. Just like another fun item to divert my attention away from wanting to use paper towels. Love. And Thrive Market, our friends over there are offering our friends who are listeners a great promo code, 25% off your first order, which wow. means like stock the fuck up, you guys. And then um, a free month of membership. Bring your friends, I'll bring my friends, and we can be friends. And all you got to do is just go over to thrivemarket.com slash retrograde. That's your reference link, as they call it. Live your best sustainable life, And tell them we sent you. Say hey. Say hey, guys. From Retrograde. Thanks, bye. All right, so um, we're really excited. We had a lovely chat with Alyssa Vitti. You guys know her. You guys love her. She is a That's So Retrograde all-star, really. Since we recorded with her a couple years ago, we've had so many requests to bring her back. I've gotten hundreds of messages from friends with differing hormonal issues and conversations on periods. And I think that everyone is sort of oddly plagued by something that should just be like more of a harmonious, natural experience. And so we're so lucky and grateful to be able to have this talk with Elisa and and bring it to you because this is something that could make all of our lives insanely better. So let's uh, bring it back to our live recording at South by Southwest. Namaste listening. Cycle syncing. Yes, that's a retrograde. Hello. Yes. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming. South by So Retrograde. Yes. How's it going? Good? Good, yeah. Good. Uh-huh. Yes, great. Are we alive? <laughs> awesome. Wonderful. Well, I'm Elizabeth Cott. And I am Stephanie Simbari. And, and together we make up that So Retrograde. How many of us in the room know what that Heard is? Heard of us? Heard of it? Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Good. That's great. That's like 30% of... I don't know. I don't do math. That's yeah, good. That's I good. Like that. It's I'm good. Happy. It's a good ratio. Um, We're so excited to be here in Austin. We've had a very semi wellnessy experience. Yes. I would say we had a super woke Uber driver. Uh, he recommended a new yeah. to us, so we felt like we were in the right place. Yeah, and we had barbecue. Yeah. So like two things. BBQ that are important. CBD. SXSW. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Acronyms right? for days. Yeah. Uh, an acronym? What? It's an initial. What? Never mind. Okay. CBD. Yeah. It's Anything. An initial. All right. An, look, anyway, we don't. We don't have time for an English out. lesson right now. No. Let's talk about what we're here to talk about today, which is our periods. Who has it? Or knows someone the that room? does? Every time you said that in a room, people are like, "Oh no." Let's introduce our guest because we have a short amount of time, and I feel like I want to get all the information. No one needs to hear our weird banter about periods. But I do think it's important to note that we do both get, get our, one. Get one. Yeah. And we also get it on this on the full moon. So we're yes. synced up with that. So that means we're magic. Yeah, I think right? so. Let's ask the expert. Guys. Um, <laughs> let's welcome Alyssa Vitti. Hello. To our podcast stage today. <laughs> Alyssa is the writer of one of our Bibles, The Woman oh Code. Yes. Fact. <laughs> Biohacker. Yes. All around uh, menstrual warrior, menstrual warrior, period queen. Yes, in the house. 
So we met Alyssa a few years ago, and she introduced us to the fact that we have a cycle. Yeah, we didn't know. Did you that guys that was know that? Thing? Did you know that you don't just get your period and cry for four days and that's it? I thought that's literally what I thought. I thought it was pain, lethargy, chips, chocolate, like rinse, the throwaway repeat. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah just like oh, I have my period for time. <laughs> yes. No one expects anything of me now. Perfect, <laughs> and that's incorrect. Incorrect. Okay, yeah. so what does it mean to be a female biohacker? First of all. So I guess it means that what I'm interested in doing is trying to champion the conversation around the fact that whatever you're doing in your wellness or your fitness to try to optimize your performance has to take into account your cyclical hormones. They're changing every week and therefore your micronutrient needs, your exercise needs, your metabolic requirements, your, your immune system, it's all changing week over week. You are not the same person each week if you have ovaries. And therefore, you can't do the same stuff day in and day out. It doesn't make any sense. And yet, all the information that we get tells us that we should just do the same thing every day, day in and day out. And none of the biohacking conversation is being really tailored to gender specification, which it should be, because what is biohacking at its core? We don't know. Well, it's about biospecificity, <laughs> right? It's about saying, okay. okay, for this system, this system of the body needs this specific thing. Right. So just at a macro level, if you're if you got ovaries or testicles, you gotta do two different things. We right. cannot be doing the same thing. Right. With that said, there's there's a perceived gender bias within the biohacking world. Can you explain that a little to us? Well, simply put, I mean, biohacking really originated in military setting, right? As a World War II, they were like, how can we make soldiers like better, faster, more stamina, et cetera? And that obviously evolved into non-military needs, but the gender bias is still there that all the research is basically being conducted on the male 24-hour hormonal circadian pattern. Um, it isn't that doing research on women is more complicated. It's just that we just haven't Nobody done cares. It. It, well, I care, yeah. and a lot more of us do care, but I think that it's becoming a new thing that um, we want to be looking more specifically at the, you know, what makes one person optimized is different than for another person. So we asked you if it does make a difference that our period comes on the full moon. It does. Well, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about us I, and I, our real quick. <laughs> no, no, I have a point. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, technically speaking, if you were to be in a non-light polluted environment where you could like see the stars and the moon every night that, you know, allegedly you would m most likely be syncing with the lunar phases where you would be ovulating on the full moon and menstruating on the new moon, which is nature's fertility pattern, mm. right? So if you get your period on the new moon, it means you're kind of in a fertile zone. And this is interesting for someone who might be considering getting pregnant. If you're ovulating on the new moon and menstruating on the full moon, which is what you're doing, mm -hmm. that tends to mean you're in sort of more of like a priestess, warrior, princess, like going yeah. out and doing things <laughs> mode. So both of them are really great. Yeah. And sometimes you'll switch back and forth. Because we, a lot of people ask us about the, the cycle syncing with the moon and you know, we, they're all lining their crystals up and they're doing all their sort of metaphysical rituals around that. Right. And we were talking about that earlier and you were saying, why do you think people are doing all of this sort of whole filling, ritualized wellness stuff, what's going on with the females that we're seeking 
an explanation for our experience. Oh my goodness, the seekers. Any seekers in the room? <laughs> I mean, I was on a stove. I mean, raised their hand. Like, <laughs> it's okay, you're in a safe space. Um, I, I feel like we're all looking for the truth with a capital T. We're all looking for trying to understand, you know, what it means to be alive. And, and I think that quest starts at an early age. But I think for women, there's sort of this added missing void, this gaping hole. I felt it. I didn't know what, what it was, but I was trying to fill it with different, you know, books about spirituality. I went to India. I lived there, you know, the crystal practices. I tried all sorts of things to try to fill something that was longing to be filled. And what I found eventually in my research was that all that I was missing was myself, mm. right? Meaning, I had no reference about what it meant to be a woman and I was looking for it outside of myself in all these different rituals and burning sage and like trying all these things. But really I just needed to come home to the fact that I have this female body that has a particular way that it operates in the world in space and time. And that really helped restore my female soul in this patriarchal environment that sort of, you know, dims it down, <laughs> so pushes we back. We we had you, I think like two and a half years ago on our show. It ended up being a double episode because we had so much to talk about. And, and Steph and I always reference this conversation as like really when we became like awoken to the fact that we did have a cycle. Right. Can you walk us through, this is a challenge, like four, the four phases. phases and then like in five words or less kind of explain, five words or less. <laughs> no, just like what just, they are. Just what they are and like um, really like what they harness. Okay. Yeah. So you have four phases. You have the follicular phase, the ovulatory phase, the luteal phase, and the menstrual phase, or the bleeding week. You know, I think it's a little confusing that we call the whole thing a cycle, and you know, we'd have right. imprecise language. Anyway, so you have these four phases. <clears throat> follicular phase is really when the hormones are just getting started and they're developing little eggs in the ovary. And this phase is about initiating things. The effect that this, these hormonal concentrations have on the brain, it stimulates new ideas, interest in new things. Um, yeah, anything that's about planning or visioning or strategic thinking, that's really what this week is all about. Ovulatory phase, you have a surge in estrogen, follicular stimulating hormone, and testosterone. So this stimulates the social and verbal centers of the brain and the libido. And so, you know, this is about communicating, presenting ideas, brainstorming, being with community, and of course, having pleasure, right? So that's that week. Obvi the luteal phase, where you have an increase in both progesterone and estrogen and testosterone, and this is thickening the lining of the uterus. Um, this is when your brain is really focusing on being focused and getting things done. So this is sort of like your completion phase or taking action phase. And then the menstrual phase, the, the hormones all come down to their lowest levels, the lining of the uterus sheds, and this is the time where the brains, the two halves of the brain communicate maximally across the nerve fibers that yeah. connect the two and allow you to synthesize best facts and feelings about situations to make your best evaluation and to really know the truth about a situation. The Netflix and cry phase? It's, it's really the most powerful phase. Psychic phase. It's your deep knowing phase. Like if you are trying to work out like what should I do about this relationship or what should I do about this career move or am I ready for this or what do I think about that or this, this situation at work is what I don't know. You, you're finding like you go back and forth. You can argue either way. You will know the truth with a capital T when you're bleeding. So how do we find out what phase we're in? 
Download the MyFlow app. Yes. Um, and <laughs> Unplug. It, it will tell you. a wonderful tool. It's a first of its kind. So not only does it bring in functional the functional medicine aspect, which is my background, um, so it'll tell you why you're having a symptom and what to eat to fix it. Let's say you get a zit in your ovulatory phase. It'll tell you why you're having it that week and it'll give you like two foods, which is really all you typically need to get rid of that acne within a week, mm. right? So you don't have to go putting on zit cream. You can actually eat your way out of that. But then it also tells you exactly <laughs> where you are in your cycle. So you don't have to guess like, oh, which phase am I in? It'll tell you where you are and then it'll give you a prompt with all different activities from foods to exercise to work priorities to how to have the best orgasm, um, and what you should be prioritizing in your social life. And you can just tap on the ones you want to do that week and schedule them into your calendar of choice, which is super cool. I love that. We have talked about the app on our show, and we've gotten so much feedback from our listeners about how helpful it is in yeah. their lives. So yeah. very cool. Yeah, it was just launched last year, and it's just like exploding. So I'm thrilled that everybody's finding it so useful. And then another thing that you talk about that you have a test for is to find out your hormonal levels and your imbalance. Like many of us have imbalances that we're not necessarily aware of. Yeah. Um, the V sign, can you talk to us about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, we have two ways that you can test. The first is the sort of free uh, diagnostic tool that we have on the website. So it's like, what's your period type? So um, you can go and, and just answer seven questions to really get at um, what color is your period so that we can assess at a high level what your ratio of estrogen to progesterone is and how far off you are in terms of hormonal imbalance. But if you want to drill down more specifically, we also offer at-home saliva testing kits that you can track very specifically what your hormones are doing over the course of a few weeks and really pinpoint what's off. Can I ask you about that? Because I did an at-home saliva test mm -hmm. and it was a one-day test. So it measured four times throughout the day. I'm sure you're familiar. You were doing cortisol? It was tested cortisol, also tested progesterone and estrogen. Okay. Um, I was curious about those types of tests and those offerings because it's just testing one day. And in like a science experiment, we're never just well, testing one time. And as the cycle changes, the right. more data you have throughout the different phases, the better information you're going to get to really understand. So our test is longer. Good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like that. So how can we optimize each phase of our cycle? You just want to... Eat specifically, right? So I talk about sort of at high levels, you know, during the follicular phase, you want to be eating like sprouted fermented foods. In the ovulatory phase, you want to go raw to really break down as much estrogen as you can, minimize any symptoms you're having. In the luteal phase, you want to really go for all of those good uh, slow burning carbohydrates and cooked vegetables. Why? During the luteal phase, you have the lowest resting blood sugar of any time in the month, which means you're just waking up more hypoglycemic and you are more hypoglycemic throughout the day. So a lot of you are nodding your heads because what do we feel during the luteal phase the most? Cravings for carbohydrates. Mm. It's not because you lose willpower. It's because your <laughs> blood sugar levels are at a different and lower set point. You have to eat strategically to compensate for that. So carbohydrates are extremely important for 10 to 12 days out of your cycle when you have the luteal phase. Then during the menstrual phase, when all your hormones are at their lowest level, you need to beef up on your protein and your fats because what are hormones made from? amino acids, which you get from protein, and they're stabilized in a lipid ring, which you get from good quality fats. And by the way, those good quality fats, make sure you don't have cramps. Canola oil feeds the cramp for hormone, and good quality fats like avocados and fish oil make more of the cramp, the uterine relaxation hormone. So no, you can, so totally. chips are like a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> totally. Uh, un unless they're fried in like coconut oil right. or avocado oil, but right. even then fried foods right. is a whole other conversation. But if you must... Okay. Yeah. Let's talk wow. a bit about food. Steph and I have an ongoing search for like 
the right breakfast. Like we're breakfast curious. We're not sure breakfast curious. what. <laughs> I've never like heard what that are before. we supposed to do in the morning? Like I myself am not very hungry when I wake up, but I understand the importance of consuming something that's going to set me up for success throughout the day. What do you recommend to your patients and the people you counsel with? It depends on which phase of the cycle you're in, okay. right? So in the first half of the cycle, you may feel like you can go very light on breakfast, but as long as your blood sugar is stabilized, where you don't feel like you're having dips in the afternoon, mm -hmm. you can do a lighter breakfast. A lighter breakfast would at least be something ketogenic in nature, so a little bit of fat. You know, if you were just having some sort of like hot almond milk with some coconut oil and some turmeric. You could make a little turmeric latte. You could do something like that. Um, I definitely don't recommend caffeine on an empty stomach because it's blood sugar disruptive mm -hmm. and, and can be endocrine disruptive. So if you're going to do your caffeine, your coffee, your matcha lattes, do it with food, like okay. kind of as you're eating or right after you're eating. By the way, we're the only culture on planet Earth that does caffeine on an empty stomach. Every other culture that does beautiful caffeine rituals they're always doing it after the meal, at the end of the meal as a digestive aid. Right. And it's because it's less blood sugar disruptive that way. So this whole like juicing up in the morning with <laughs> caffeine is bad for you. Um, anyway, plus a lot of you with hormonal issues, if you have PMS, if you have any hormonal disturbance, if you have fibroid cysts, PCOS, anything, fibrocystic breast, caffeine forms more cysts in the body. And if you have those issues, you're likely having a gene mutation that already is making it difficult for you to metabolize caffeine. So I'm sorry to give you this bad news, but I'm kind of like an anti-caffeine. Yeah, she doesn't drink coffee. 20 years. Look how fast I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I have a toddler and I run a business and I'm working on my second book and... Hair flip. <laughs> so you can totally do it without caffeine. Um, but, but in the luteal phase and in the menstrual phase, I think a more dense breakfast that really stabilizes your blood sugar, your energy, and your mood throughout the day is really critical. So see, this is the, even that question, it's coming from that deeply conditioned, ingrained, pro well-propagandized like wellness machinery that says you have to find the one pattern and stick to it every day, right? right. That is we have to just totally explode that thinking into, okay, it's just, I have four different patterns. Mm. Which one am I in this week? And let me, let me eat for that. Let me exercise for that. Let me optimize my day for that. Wow. Mm. Okay. So I had a friend who came to see you and she had, she felt like she was so far gone and she, cause she had uh, ovarian cysts mm. and you can, heal this with food? You can put any menstrual disturbance into remission naturally. In fact, I know I was heartbroken reading Lena Dunham's piece in Vogue when she talked about her hysterectomy. And mm -hmm. I mean, she made the best choice for herself at that point, but man, do I wish I had gotten my hands on her uterus yeah. like, you know, a decade ago. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I had been, I had, listen, I've been trying. I've been putting letters out there to like on our blog. I've been like, I'm here, you know. Um, but I had a client at the beginning of my practice with an identical situation with Lena, bifurcated uterus, endometriosis, the whole thing. And, you know, we were able to put her endometriosis into remission. Wow. You, can't, you can't fix a bifurcated uterus. That's just a physical, you know, malformation. Um, and she, we were able to help her have her first child. So any condition can be put into remission because the causes of these disorders are um, all fixable with diet and micronutrient therapy, right? Because what causes any of this to happen? It's not this mysterious thing that just it happens to women. We're fated to have 
menstrual suffering and problems and growths, and that is not how it's supposed to work. Nature didn't design us that way. They designed us over millennia to be the most like extraordinary reproductive bearing you know form so the idea is you go to these root causes like dealing with the inflammation in your diet dealing with the blood sugar disruption dealing with the endocrine disruptive chemicals going at the things that are disrupting your estrogen and progesterone balance feeding the endocrine system the things it needs to do its job to make hormones to break them down and then your body just starts to work and symptoms go away. You know, I myself had major PCOS. I was over 200 pounds. I was covered in acne. I didn't menstruate for a decade. Whoa. No, you know, and now I'm like the period queen. Is that what parlayed you into this line of you work? You bet. You bet. I mean, there I was at Hopkins on my way to becoming an OBGYN, just totally standard fare. And I, at 20, sort of had this whole hormonal breakdown. My body's like just was in chaos and my life was in chaos. And I really do stress the connection of anyone is having garden variety PMS or like you were saying earlier, like, oh, the period week, you just like the throwaway week. You know, we, we intellectually compartmentalize like, oh, my period has nothing to do with my life. But as we talk about it more, it's like, it's totally impacting the quality of your experience of your life. So the fact that we're kind of encouraged to not think about it, I find highly suspicious. <laughs> because yeah. if we're here as women to be agents of change and to make the world a better place, but we're not given the tools to be our best selves, to be self-actualized and then go out and do that, I don't know, that's a little suspicious to me. Um, <laughs> so, right. you know, but yeah, you can, you can really, um, and yes, that's sort of what set me on this path was just recognizing um, that Western conventional medicine did not have solutions for women with these chronic menstrual disorders and that there needed to be another option. So you think, so every kind of imbalance to like depression, anxiety, like all these things are also, from what I'm hearing. Addressable. For the yeah. most part, you know, I would say, um, and there's a growing um, group of psychiatrists who are really espousing more of a functional medicine approach saying that, you know, antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications are not the solution. Um, and all the research is, is pointing in that direction mm -hmm. that's not really solving those problems. And in fact, increasing omega-3 fatty acids, changing diet, getting blood sugar stabilized, this all makes the brain happy and healthy. We're also seeing it come in the direction from the brain optimization doctors, yeah. really looking at what makes the brain healthy and function the way that it should in terms of protecting against dementia. But the things you're doing to protect against dementia are also helping you with your neurotransmitters and your mood. And that also has a tie-in with hormones and the gut. So it's all part of the same ecosystem. Like ADD, for example, is like, you know, we, we all got it. So hot right now. We yeah. all got it. <laughs> we all got bit by the bug and, you know, we're addicted to Adderall at one point or another. Oh. Um, asking for a friend. <laughs> um, but I, um, what I thought was really interesting yesterday, you, you did that map of like the, the corporate structure, which is a lot of like also school structure in a way where you get there super early in the morning. And then, of course, by 2 p.m. you're ADD because like, you haven't eaten or it's just not designed right. to support whatever our internal body clock is because it's more masculine. I mean, this is a really fascinating topic about yeah. the way school is set up. And now that I have a little kid and I think about, you know, sending her off to school, yeah. you know, if I had a boy, I would feel so bad sending a little boy full of all that testosterone to go sit down for hours in a day. They should be like, and you know, and they're thinking about the this. morning is where it peaks and they should be running around you know, and that's actually what will develop their brain faster. Mm -hmm. So I actually do think that there's a huge opportunity to really integrate our understanding of biohacking into our educational system to make 
to optimize for brain development, yeah. physical performance, and learning. And they're doing that in Scandinavian countries left and right to their great success. So this is not like a new idea that I'm bringing to you here today. It's one that I just agree with more and more, especially as I deepen my appreciation for just how you can get so much more out of the time that you do have in your life by really aligning with your body's patterns. It's also fascinating how you were saying how the work day is set up with the important meetings in the morning. Oh yeah, it's all organ it's all oriented towards like the male 24-hour pattern. So, what's, you know, what's would be more aligned with the female pattern? So, we do have a cortisol, you know, uh, diurnal pattern mm -hmm. uh, during the day, but we have these different estrogen and progesterone and testosterone levels. So, I really think of it as more, you know, Working out first thing in the morning that only would work during your ovulatory and first half of the luteal phase, during follicular and menstrual phase, that would not work for you because you don't have testosterone at that concentration, right? So you could do it for about 10 days out of the month if you wanted to. But for any of you who are like, God, what's wrong with me? I can't get myself to the gym in the morning. I'm such a like failure. I have no willpower. <laughs> like that's not the inner dialogue that I want you to have. Instead, just say, oh, okay, I'm in my menstrual phase. So today I'm going to do more restorative exercise later in the day or midday when I have that good cortisol peak. So you would organize your outward facing energy during your cortisol peak mm -hmm. during the day. And then you would sort of pick which activity you're doing based on estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, which would be a weekly choice. So it would be, I love this. It was in the follicular phase. It was more cardio. Cardio. And then um, ovulatory is high intensity interval training. Yeah. Luteal phase is like body resistance, no cardio. Why? I just have to say this. If you work out, this is well-documented, published on the NIH's website. If you work out in the post-ovulatory phase, the second half of your cycle, high-intensity interval training, cardio, okay, you turn on fat storage and you turn on muscle wasting. So if you're working out really hardcore in the second half of your cycle, whatever you did in the first half of your cycle to like get toned and lose weight, you're going to undo. So if you feel like you're busting your ASS at the gym every single day and at the end of the month you're netting out zero change in terms of weight or tone, that's why. Stop working out harder and Chill. work out smarter with your cycle. I love that. I like and then menstruation just lay on your back. Yeah. <laughs> Take professional napping if you have some adrenal issues is a really excellent exercise during menstruation. Walking, um, yin yoga, right, mm -hmm. um, is good. But not like power yoga. And I, I'm not a big fan of Bikram yoga for women because our heat cycles change. Well, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about that. I went to a hot yoga class on my period in the beginning of the year and I almost vomited. I needed to leave. That's Terrible. never happened to me before. Yeah. So you, you don't want to be, I mean, hot yoga is really hard for women to be doing because your temperature changes throughout the month. And you also, ha you, you're, you have a hot cycle the first half of the month and mm -hmm. your body gets cooler. If you were going to do any Bikram yoga, you could do it in the first half of your luteal phase, but I, that, would, that would be pretty much it. Okay, yeah. So I feel like a lot of people in relationships have a hard time, like it's always, I feel like a man is always like, well, she's just having a hard time because it's like her time of the month and whatever. Like I wanna kind of explore how to bridge that conversation or how to like empower us to explain or I guess it starts with us really. Oh my God, totally. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna use 
sex as a great analogy here, right? Because that's just so direct. Like, you know, you all have the experience where you, before you figured out how to give yourself a really good quality clitoral orgasm, you couldn't empower your partner to help you do that, right? In bed, we all know that. We've all lived through that, right? Similarly, if you don't know where you're at, in your cycle, how are you supposed to have this other person psychically know? Right. You know? So I've been with my guy now for a decade, and one of the first things that I did when I got serious with him was get him to be cycle syncing with our relationship. So, you know, because I mean, I don't play, right? right. <laughs> I want to be, I want us to have like no friction in terms of our communication. I want him to feel like he is psychically getting to plan the perfect dates for us. Like, you know, because no guy likes that where they're like, oh my God, I went out of my way, I planned this thing, it's dinner out with like just romantic and it's like, you know, menstrual phase and you just want to stay in and be alone, right? Mm -hmm. Which is valid. Mm -hmm. You know, I love having alone time. How can I miss you if you don't leave? <laughs> right? So I actually use cyclical planning in our relationship to keep it fresh. Like I definitely take a lot of alone time during the menstrual phase, but the dates that we plan are different, you know, during each phase. And anyway, so he now feels like he's always getting it right, which makes him feel confident and happy and we're fulfilled. And then, of course, sexually, we need different kinds of foreplay in different phases of the cycle based on our testosterone patterns. And I want to be getting mine every time. <laughs> so he needs to know where, where I'm at. And that is inf important information. In fact, when I teach this work to mixed gender audiences, the men are relieved and yeah. thrilled and voraciously interested in getting the recipe. What is the pattern? Give me the pattern and I will follow it. Because by the way, they're doing it for themselves with their own pattern right? every day. So they totally are like, yeah, thank God, please do this. We're doing it. You do it too. We'll all be happier and healthier. Right. And having more orgasms, which is also a nice side effect. Yes, that's a retrograde. One of our most commonly asked questions here at That's So Retrograde is about CBD oil. Mm -hmm. I think that people are starting to see a boom in the market and they want to know where to go and what to buy. And our favorite discovery in this realm was actually came about when we were at South by Southwest this past year. How so appropriate. Wow. So we got connected with this product called Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, from Mineral Health. Mm -hmm. And it is a CBD oil that is uh, compounded with MCT oil. So what it is is a full-spectrum blend of terpene-rich CBD from hemp and organic MCT, like you said. And what makes this important is that MCT oil is a fat-soluble carrier, so it increases and accelerates the body's ability to absorb the CBD in the robin. It's sourced from Colorado, California, and Oregon, and it is formulated using only organic ingredients, which we very much appreciate. Um, here's the thing, you guys. CBD is amazing for all sorts of different health ailments, such as... Anti-anxiety. It's an antidepressant. It's an anti-inflammatory an anti-inflammatory, a special sleep aid, amen, and perfect for recovering from mental and emotional diseases. For me, I just love taking it before bed. I know that that's how you take it too. Yeah. I've never been one to really vibe with the melatonin because it makes me too groggy and obviously like any of the chemical things I'm not on board with. Magnesium really just relaxes my bowels. It doesn't do anything for my mind. So CBD is really just this been incredible discovery for that. And I just drop it under my tongue before bed. And then I wake up eight hours later and I'm like, oh, Exactly. And the, I'm well rested. and the MCT component makes it blend really nicely with tonics. You know, I love that. Ooh. And 
What's even better is that we've partnered with Mineral Health to bring you all a special code from Robin. Again, that's R-O-B-Y-N. You head over to mineralhealth.co mm-hmm. and enter promo code TSR for 15% off of Robin. And they offer a 1,000 milligram and a 500 milligram um so just like choose your own adventure, I guess. Really, it's pure, it's fab, it's a wonderful offering. Enjoy. Namaste chillin'. Yes, that's a retrograde. What about birth control? <laughs> what about it? What about it? <laughs> what are we supposed about to be it? doing? <laughs> well, you bring it up like nobody's on the pill. Well, but, I mean, I know that a lot of people are on the pill, but I also know that you're not really a proponent of the pill. I am not. I, I mean, I, we I'm, together... I'm a proponent of everybody having access to birth control. Right. Sure. Card-carrying feminists. Right. However, I think that... Um, Women, when they don't understand how their hormones work, how to take care of them when they're off, and what the ramifications are of taking synthetic birth control, we're making critical healthcare decisions that have really serious effects that none of us know about, right? And that's what I have a problem with. So um, whether you choose to use synthetic birth control is totally cool and up to you, but if you have hormonal imbalances, taking synthetic birth control will make them worse not fix them, which is the messaging that we're given is like, oh, this will fix your period. Yeah. Well, it actually, um, in order for your body to process this uh, medication through the liver, recruits a whole variety of micronutrients and depletes your body of the very minerals and vitamins that your endocrine system needs to create healthy hormone balance. So the longer you take it, the more depleted you get in these micronutrients. And when you go off, People are like, oh, I don't want to happen. I went off and like everything came back, but much worse. Well, that's why, because you're now depleting your ecosystem. Mm-hmm. It can't do its job. Um, not to mention it doesn't fix what's wrong in the first place. And you've lost all that time where you are younger and could fix it more quickly. I feel like as a generation, the pill is very much commonplace. Yeah, totally. What are you seeing in, in the work you do as like the ramifications of that? I'm seeing two things. I'm seeing first that... Um, women are like shocked at the fact that had they been given this information about you know their options that they would never have chosen the medication route to deal with their hormonal issues and they're shocked that there were serious consequences that they were not made aware of mm-hmm. um, and of course there's fertility implications as well the other thing that i'm seeing which i am thrilled about is that um, <clears throat> women because of this growing wellness movement and I don't know, social media and just more conversation happening about these topics, uh, women are kind of questioning this one medication that they're taking that feels a little bit out of alignment with the rest of their wellness lifestyle. Like it's a little odd. Like all of a sudden you find yourself like, wow, I'm like juicing and I'm like going to yoga and I'm like doing my crystal spread and I'm like eating really healthy. (laughs) And and then I'm like on this medication. And what is this medication for? Why am I taking it? Like, you know, people are on it and they're not in relationships or they're trying to prevent pregnancy and they're just on it and they don't know why. Um, But I think the really important thing to share about synthetic hormones of any sort, however you're taking them internally or devices or whatnot, is that they shut off the brain ovary conversation, which means that all those wonderful cyclical things that you could be accessing, you don't have access to. And that's a huge opportunity cost because the way that you create anything in life, bringing something from an idea to its fruition, right, follows this cyclical pattern in your body. So if you're interested in like 
making things happen in your life, nature has gifted you from the age of approximately 10 to 50 during the time in which precisely you would be able to take the most massive action in your life to, to do things in your career, um, gifted you with this whole neurohormonal matrix to make you the most creative, productive, tuned in, fulfilled, successful version of yourself. Why, if you knew that a medication would shut that off and deprive you of that a tool, why would we take that? Babies. <laughs> You're only fertile for five days. Right. If, and only really three if there's no sperm present. It's only with the addition of the sperm that you extend that by two days. Um, five days. That's it. The rest, you can't get pregnant in, the rest of the in month. In school. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like they, were the, they just glazed over that. They were like, don't have sex. <laughs> yeah. Well, God, that's a long conversation. I mean, that's a whole religious, political, <laughs> right. like, drama. But you're right. We're not given right information, and therefore we're not making right decisions. But, yeah, it's only five days. And if you know when you're ovulating, which you can track extremely precisely with basal body temperature readings, which mm -hmm. now there are some fantastic devices. Is that Daisy? Daisy. I love Daisy. You stick it in your mouth every morning for, like, 10 seconds. It Bluetooth sends the temperature reading to a little calendar. Interactive. You can know exactly. When you're fertile, and you just either use a condom or don't have yeah. sex during those few days, and then the rest of the month you can be totally relaxed. You don't need to worry about it. It's not going to happen, you know. Um, so I think that's the the thing is to just we need to be all more relaxed. And trust me, I see it on the other side of things. Women who are desperate to get pregnant, right. you know, just it, it's not this um, thing that just so easily happens at any time. You know, I think I think they're just trying to scare children into not being sexually active because people don't know how to deal with. Um, you know, emerging teenagers' sure. sexual development. And so we, as a whole, kind of basically say, be afraid. Yeah. And maybe that we try to do aversion therapy, which I think is obviously not effective. But also just because this conversation isn't being had. Oh, I mean, my sixth grade sex ed class was a joke. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you're going to get a period. Um, this is what circumcision looks like. All the boys <laughs> looked green for like a half an hour. You're going to bleed for five days. Here's a little brown <laughs> lunch bag with tampons no with just pads and don't get pregnant see you later like that was it I just Literally. thought I mean of course me I was so like starry-eyed I was like oh my god a period I never <laughs> I had never cursor I had never <laughs> no. I was literally like oh and all my friends were like oh you know and I, and I started the period club that afternoon Shut with up. my three best friends <laughs> I was like Kristen oh Katie Melissa let's go we're starting the period club they're like what's that I'm like we're gonna find out we're gonna guess who's gonna get their period first no do, 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 do. yeah I I guess right. Entrepreneurial. <laughs> you were start. chosen. Yes. <laughs> I, it was a calling. It was a calling. I was I was totally awestruck because I had been given no um, input from my family about how to feel about it. The first mm -hmm. time I encountered the information about the fact that this was going to happen to me, I was like in. I fell in love with myself in a different way. And what a gift. Like, it, it had my mom been like, oh, you're going to get this thing. It's going to be terrible. I'm sure I would have been like all the other girls in the classroom. But I, had, I was like, she never had the period talk with me. <laughs> I've had it with her. Um, <laughs> she was just like, didn't know what to do. So she did nothing. But it was, it was a benefit because I went into it with just no preconceived notions. And I think if young girls were given just the chance to react organically, they would be like super interested in it. And like, wow, that's super cool. Uh, but we give them so much junk. We put this baggage on them from early on in the ether, yeah. and they just have no chance and to now, be excited about it. And now there's um, 
precocious puberty. So, like, I think I have that. <laughs> oh, you're a little past that now. <laughs> but you are super precocious. <laughs> um, precocious puberty is on the rise. It's the phenomenon where children as young as eight and nine begin to sexually mature, which is really dangerous for them in terms you did of their... Have that. <laughs> I did have that. In terms of their metabolism and cancer risk. Right. Um, is that from hormones and food? It's from hormones and food, mm-hmm. hormones in the environment, rolling around on grass that's been sprayed in pesticides, um, runoff water that has, you know, when you urinate out all your birth control, it's ending up in all sorts of things. So yeah, it's, it's, this is being studied, um, by this really extraordinary, um, PhD at UCLA, actually. He's looking at the effects of groundwater, um, on frogs in the, some Southern California Valley. And these frogs are switching, from male to female, that's how much synthetic hormone is in the groundwater and pesticides. What? And pesticides contain um, xenoestrogenic chemicals, meaning foreign est- estrogen-like, estrogen-mimicking compounds, which are so concentrated in these farm areas, they're switching male frogs to female frogs very spontaneously. Wow. It's really scary. So yeah, precocious puberty is on the rise. And before it was just like a girl problem, so nobody was really getting excited sure. about it. But just last year, they sort of came out with the research saying, oh, now this is affecting boys. So everybody's freaking out. Um, but it, is, it should be a concern for all parents. And um, you know, we have to do a lot more to protect our children's hormonal futures because their, their health, their longevity, their fertility is at stake for sure. Um, but yeah, that's a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Not to bring down the room. Yeah. No. Um, so, okay. So we're, let's, let's come from a place of like, I am uncomfortable during my periods, mm. my periods. Um, and we're now awoken to the four, the four phases. phases. Where do we start? Because like the switching of the diet and like mm. the monitoring activity and all of that can feel very big and a, and a yeah. hurdle to, to, to parlay into like, what is something that we can do as women to just like baby step into it? Oh yeah, totally. I would say first thing first, just audit your period. Like, let's just take a status check of like, is it good? Is it bad? What color is it? What's the situation? So you can do that for free on the site. Understand where you're at, where are you starting? If your period's okay and you're not on synthetic hormones, you can simply start by downloading the app and just lightly trying to pick one activity a week that is in alignment with your cycle phase. Mm-hmm. And you'll build momentum really quickly from there. Just beca- Once you start doing it, you're like, oh my God, this is so obvious, so easy. Why didn't I do this before? And you can just do more and more, okay? So just start with one thing a week. If you have hormonal problems, which the vast majority of us as women have, which mm-hmm. can be you know, your typical P- uh, PMS to a diagnosed condition like endo or PCOS or fibroids, then you've got to do the first three steps of the flow protocol and clean up what's really out of whack in your internal ecosystem. So you've got to stabilize your blood sugar. You've got to do your adrenal work, your stress work. You've got to detox from all that chemical um, synthetic estrogen. And so that can take, you know, two months to do, not big. And we we have a whole online program to help you just step by step, slowly, slowly, slowly in digestible, doable steps, really approach that whole thing, which can feel overwhelming. Yes which is why I've broken it down into these little tiny baby steps. So, but, so just really understand where you are. If you're, if you're lucky and you're having a good period and you're not on medication and you don't need to do any cleanup work, then just start with one piece of the phase at a time. And if you do need to do the cleanup work, get that done because you can't do all the cycle syncing until you're 
hormones are working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now let's, uh, you talk a lot about food science, obviously you're a caffeine free individual. Full of energy. That's Ugh. wonderful. <laughs> do you drink uh, alcohol? On your natural rhythms. No, not anymore. I mean, I did. Yeah. I did before, but I've been, I've basically been ca- uh, alcohol free for about a decade. Um, just because at a certain point I started to feel like my liver was, it was, it was like taking longer to metabolize that. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm aging out of where I want to be in terms of alcohol yeah. consumption. And, mm-hmm. and the research is pretty clear on how caf- um, alcohol can be really just estrogen raising and as a whole. And so I think as a lot of us with cancer running in our family, especially female specific cancers, you want to be thinking about a certain point in time in which alcohol becomes less of a focus of your diet you know, and you want to phase it down, way down. We saw you yesterday and your skin is just glowing and we were like, whatever the fuck she's doing, we need to be doing it. (laughs) It's insane. And then I can't tell you how funny that is for me because for so long I had such bad skin. I mean, you are a crystal serene skin lake. I don't understand (laughs) what's going on. I can never hear it enough. Thank you. You're welcome. I worked really, I worked really like strategically to make that happen. And then someone asked you like, what do we have to do? They didn't tell, they didn't say the skin thing, but it was just like, what do we really need to eliminate or... And then you basically killed all of our dreams and told us we can't eat anything. <laughs> I didn't fun. say that. Yeah, you were like, sorry, gluten, dairy, sugar, fun, bye. <laughs> You're like, nope. Careful. So no. that's true, though. That's, tr- that that's true. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So what do, you um. do, what do you do to indulge? How do we glow without taking knowing, anything out of our diet? I mean, listen, I do, listen, as you know, because we know each other, yeah. I'm saying you, you know, and I did say this yesterday in the talk, when you get yourself hormonally balanced and when everything is flowing and everything is glowing, right, then you can indulge occasionally. But, like, what you do with your, like, pizza binge from, like, birthday to the holidays. Like, <laughs> okay, that was a private oh, conversation. You cannot, you <laughs> cannot do that. Not meant to be shared with my audience. Sorry. I do all the right things. <laughs> like, you know, you cannot go that long, right? Right. You have to do it really sparingly. And if you do do it, right, you have to, like, compensate with... Lots of fiber, lots of anti-inflammatory supplements if you're going to do it. You know, so for example, if I'm traveling through Europe, first of all, I relish in the fact that their gluten is much lower in concentration Mm -hmm. in their wheat products. Yes. And that their dairy is made from the the animals that are A2 casein protein producing, which does not create microscopic tears in the lining of my intestine. So I can indulge more safely if I'm traveling through Europe, but I still will take certain supplements to, to... make sure that that's all moving through my intestinal tract as quickly as possible and not wreaking any hormonal havoc. So it's just about like, this is what biohacking is, right? Something goes in, you want to like balance the equation a little bit and make sure everything is coming out in the right direction. So we're talking digestive enzymes, probiotics. Yeah, fiber, like flax, or um, even taking some anti-inflammatories like turmeric supplements with you are pretty universally anti-inflammatory, can really help reduce any inflammation. That's, you know, B vitamins if you're drinking alcohol, magnesium, like there's all these little hacks that you can take in terms of supplementation. Um, and I'm really a big proponent of, of, of supplementing with micronutrients for women. In fact, I've finally, years in the making, um, formulated the first ever women's hormone biohacking supplement kit. So in 17 years of research, I isolated the micronutrients that your hormonal system needs to function optimally. So I wanted something that I could take with me everywhere where no matter what I was doing, I didn't need to like do the perfect equation of like, what do I need to compensate for? I just knew that these would be the things that would do that every day. And if you were someone who's been exposed to synthetic birth control, 
you know, that certainly is something you need to like recover mm. from, from a micronutrient level. So if you're currently taking them or if you've recently come off, this is like the way to recover from being exposed mm. as well. What is it? They're called balance. Okay. Um, you can get them on the Flow Living website and they're just, a, they're five different um, formulations. You take them all together. So you take five pills a day. I couldn't make them in any less. I mean, there's just, a, there's a bunch that we need. So I just, I right. couldn't reduce them down to any, but five is very few compared to all the things that you're getting. Um, so it's, it's just a full comprehensive way to support the endocrine system so that if your diet is a little wonky and you do have gluten and dairy and caffeine and all the things that I'm saying are probably not good <laughs> for you, huh? um, then, you know, you can really be assured that you're at least giving your endocrine system a fighting chance. And would that be all the supplements we would need for a day or is that, so it's, it's like everything? It's complete. Cool. Wow. Yeah. That's, That's what awesome. I take. That's what I take. Love that. It's a part of the skin glowing. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Such a wealth of knowledge, as you guys can tell. Um, we wanted to open the floor up for questions, and we have these fun recently released. That's a retrograde lighters for anyone who answers a question or asks a question. But there's only five. Well, we only have time for five okay. questions. Who who wants to? Ask? Anyone want to ask a question? Oh, sure, sir. Hello, of sir. I yes. love a male question. Me too. Men are really like aggressive. I love it. Let's go. Very uh, insightful. I've got two daughters and a wife, Aww. and it's so very. Um, How old are your great. daughters? Um, they're five and two. Oh my god! Yeah, Fantastic. So it's good preparing for yes. this stuff. But um, yeah. how many how cycles do guys have, or like one? Oh. One 24-hour cycle, right? Oh. So you have a 24-hour... It's Groundhog Day. Remember that movie? <laughs> right? So legitimately, oh here's how it works. You go to sleep. If you get enough sleep, you make a lot of testosterone while you're sleeping and you wake up with it, which I'm sure you've pretty much observed in yourself at some point. Morning wood. Morning wood <laughs> and morning desire sorry, sorry. to like work out, right? <laughs> so that is that is... But, well, I'm not going to digress on, on that. But anyway, <laughs> so um, it's, a, it's a really important phase of the restoration for your hormonal patterns. So low T, for example, is on the rise, mainly because men are getting worse quality sleep and are eating diets that are not providing them with the building blocks to make enough testosterone and stress is dampening the production, right? As cortisol goes up, testosterone goes down. So it's like a perfect storm of three underlying causes. By the way, these are all the same for women, right? That is disrupting males' um, hormonal patterns. So you see more estrogen dominance in men um, who are gaining weight around the abdomen and who are feeling like more moody and emotional all day. They don't feel like focused and clear in the morning. This ADD thing that men and everyone thinks they have is typically a hormonal and blood sugar imbalance. So yeah, men have this one pattern. You wake up with testosterone and cortisol. You're full of energy till about noon. From noon to two, it starts to dip. Um, and then from two to seven, estrogen starts to rise. And then from seven to 10, you're like in the man cave. You're menstruating. You're like menstruating. You just want to be alone. <laughs> you don't want to be having sex. You want to be interacting with people. It's hard for you to have emotional space at, from 7 to 10 p.m. You're like nodding your head like, this is so true. This is so me. Um, amazing, right? You, We all think we're these like unique snowflakes and we are. I'm not going to be wrong. But so much of who you are is governed by the interplay of your hormones on your brain chemistry. It's not random. It's so predictable. It's like kind of silly that we're not all like just trying to organize ourselves around this. So that's the deal. And that's why corporate America is structured with like meetings in the morning and then happy hour like four o'clock 
because that really works for your hormonal patterns if you have testicles. But it's you know a little bit different if you have ovaries. When's our happy hour? Yeah, when's our happy hour? Depends on the week. Oh, <laughs> depends on the okay. week. Yeah, so you know, it really depends. And sometimes the happy hour is like all day. Like ovulation, it's all day. The time you're going to be the most <laughs> extroverted in your life in the month is during ovulation because huh. your hormones are like verbal, social. Let me go out. Do 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 do. Impregnate me. Right. Also that. <laughs> I mean, but don't. <laughs> Any Next other questions? Question. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Hi. How are you going? Hey. Hi. Um, my question is, what are your thoughts on the chemicals in the sanitary products that we use mm. and the effects of that on our periods as well? Sanitary, sanitary products oh. like tampons and pads and whatnot. Yeah. Oy. I mean, don't put pesticides in your vagina. <laughs> Those chemicals are bad. Um, they, especially pesticides can stimulate, um, not enough research is being done on this, but listen, we do know that pesticide exposure increases cancer cell proliferation. Cervical cancer is a serious problem. Why would you stick a, a pesticide soaked cotton tampon up Ugh. against your cervix and in the, the very absorbent lining of your vaginal canal? I would not understand. Who signed but off on that? It's because like, no one talks to begin about that. with. Like, yeah, it's like we're eating organic food and no well, one's like, it's by only the way, been tampons. recently that um, women founded companies that are run by women and products are being designed by women for women around the sanitary. This is just an, this sort of exploded in the past three years. We have like, great companies yeah. like Lola and Cora and Flex and cups and so many great options where you don't have to be exposed just to those chemicals. And then, yeah, anything with the scented business. Oh, my goodness. Um, there's a product that I saw. It's well so gross. It's so bad for your vaginal ecosystem. You know, you, you, that um, orifice has all this extraordinary microbiome that keeps it healthy. It's a self-cleaning um, area. So you don't want to, like, put scented things or w disinfecting wipes, you know, or douches or... God, um, you don't want to do any of that. But you can use, there's a new company that I think is fantastic called Good Clean Love that does wipes that are probiotic based. The probiotics that are studied to prevent BV and UTIs and yeast infections. Why wouldn't you want to wipe your vagina with that? I don't know. That's yeah. fantastic. Cool. So that would be really cool. Yeah. So then don't use like Tampax, Plague Tex, the hey, all like I'm the not, normal I'm not brands. like, like going to call out brands, but I'm just saying, you know, well, look, I am. look for, like look a, for organic <laughs> products. Like avoid or, bleach. Yeah. And bleach. <laughs> oh God. Not to mention the bleach, which is carcinogenic. Right. Flat out. Which is in the, all, all cotton. Drugstore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you would want to, um, you know, think about switching either away from tam and not to mention tampons increase cramping. So if you're somebody who struggles with cramps, you want to get away from tampons and use like a cup or the flex is super high tech and cool. Thinks uh, underwear. Thinks underwear. Just bleed out. Pads. You know, just bleed out. It's not that bad. What? <laughs> <laughs> you have a question. Um, why I like your shawl. So oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> why is there so little information on like BV and things to do for that. Like, why can't we figure that out? Why can't we figure that out? It's, it's pretty easy to figure out. I don't know why there isn't What's a more- What's BV stand for? Bacterial vaginosis. Okay, thank and you. And UTIs, urinary tract infections, yeast mm -hmm. infections. So this sort of like, when the microbiome of the vagina goes off, what do we do? Well, you don't only do topical things. You want to do a full systemic approach where you want to improve your own gut microbiome. This is why, oh, and get rid of dairy. Dairy decreases the pH of your urine, making back, bad bacteria 
grow faster in the bladder and in the rest of your reproductive tract. So stay away from, this is another, yet another reason to avoid dairy. Um, if I can't, I should That's like start like a top the, 10 list. Yeah. Like why should you avoid dairy? All dairy from cows, whether you have lactose intolerance or not, shreds tiny microscopic holes in your small intestine oh. for every human being who ingests it, making you eventually over time develop leaky gut and potentially autoimmune diseases. Hello, which are on the rise. Does anybody know here with anybody with Hashimoto's or thyroid disorders? Uh. That's why. Okay. So one of the reasons why. So, so yes, stay away from dairy, more probiotics. Our probiotic actually makes it into the small intestinal tract. It's called gutsy. I like that name. Um, we all need to be a little more gutsy. And then you would want to, um, you can use boric acid suppositories. I love Dr. Tori Hudson's Vitanica line for vaginal insert. Boric acid suppositories are really helpful for just sort of flushing out the bad bacteria, helping to restore. And then you can take the specific probiotics that are studied for the vaginal microbiome um, to help restore that flora balance. Um, and stay away from sugar, alcohol, yeah, all that. But it's a, it's a time thing. And stress, stress is bad. Hi. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> Wait, where oh, is that coming sorry. from? There oh my God. Hi, <laughs> sorry. Hi. What's, hi. What's your take on having your fibroids removed? <laughs> well, that's a big question. Um, I think it depends on the situation. So I think um, if you haven't had the information early on enough where the fibroids have grown to the fact where you're like having large protrusion of the abdomen and you're having you know pressure on the internal structures the pelvic floor the bladder and you're starting to feel major discomfort then yeah you're you're at the place where you have to do some sort of surgical intervention however you have to know that that surgical intervention isn't the end of your fibroids you have to still then go and do all the cleanup work that I would have wished you had done 10 years prior to, so to avoid the surgery. You'd still have to do that now to make sure that the fibroids, a new one, doesn't regrow. And the reason why they tend not to do surgery and let it go and go and go is because they, they don't want to potentially create any sort of scar tissue in the uterus that could prevent implantation. Meanwhile, at the same time, the fibroids themselves can prevent successful pregnancy. So it's a weird situation. Then you're left doing nothing except maybe taking the pill, which doesn't fix that either. Again, going down to the root causes, addressing your endocrine disruption as early as possible can prevent the growth of these tumors from becoming a big problem. Slow them down. And then maybe you can do something simple like a little ablation therapy to cut off the blood supply to the fibroid instead of having the whole thing excised from the uterine muscle. And it could be a different outcome altogether. You, let's talk about that for a second because that's, like like, that's the next question a lot of people ask. Like, why aren't doctors telling me this? Don't get mad at your OBGYN. Trust me, if this was a training that they had gotten, they would be telling you this. They just legitimately don't have this access to this education themselves. And so how can they give you this information? They're trained in excellent ways to provide you with medication and surgical options. And they do a phenomenal job when that is needed. And you would want to be in their very capable hands. But when it comes to chronic issues of the body, the rise in functional medicine for anything, autoimmune disorders, metabolic disorders, endocrine disorders, this is now requiring a different approach that conventional medicine was never designed to address. So let's not get mad at our doctors. Let's just understand what the new healthcare paradigm is for women. You're on top of a triangle, and on one of the bases of the triangle is your OBGYN for physical examinations and anything else you might need, and on the other foot of the triangle is flow living for the ongoing 
care of how your hormones work and what they need so that you can be in the driver's seat on top of that pyramid making the best choices for yourself. When are you going to do a summit for all OBGYNs across the country? Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Just a quick download. (laughs) You can do it. I'm working on my second book and I'm getting ready to launch something um, or late spring, early summer that's really going to be, I'm excited about kind of a new way for women to access cycle syncing in a much more collaborative format. So stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'll maybe get to some live things. We'll get there. Caffeine free Viddy. She can do it. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> can you say what the next book is focused on? Well, it's going to be just really exploring more about, um, the intersection of hormones and brain chemistry and sort of what, who we are as women, kind of a little bit of an exploration awesome. on that. Well, we're so excited to see what you come out with next because yeah. last time we had you, it was almost the introduction of the app, which you guys should all definitely download. It's, it's awesome. $1.99. It is cheaper than a cup of coffee and we'll give you, <laughs> you so much Unicef more. commercial? Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. going on? Yeah. For the price of a cup of coffee, you, <laughs> you can solve all your, your period problems <laughs> and change your life. Yeah. But it's Flow, F-L-O, it's, living. Yeah, so the app you can get on myflowtracker.com. Okay. Um, and it's just M-Y-F-L-O. Great. There have been some odd copycatters coming out, like coming after that name. So don't put a W there. And it's not just flow. It's my flow. uh, Myflowtracker.com. And your website is flowliving.com. Flowliving.com. And check out her book, Woman Code. Lots of hot tips in there. Lots of hot tips in there. Get to know yourself intimately. Do it. And I think we have to wrap it up because this is live. Thank you so much for joining us. This is such a treat. It's so nice to to re uh to see each other see again each in other the flesh. Again in <laughs> the flesh. Um, you guys can check out our first episode that we did with Lisa two parter uh, from two and so a half fun. years ago. Oh my gosh. And uh, thank you so much to South by Southwest to tune in for having us today. This was such a treat. We don't really have time for roses and thorns, but all we have to say is Austin, you're such a rose. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Namaste listening. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. This episode of That's So Retrograde is brought to you in part by Thrive Market. Head over to thrivemarket.com slash retrograde for 25% off your first order and a free first month. Ooh. Namaste thriving. Mm. Yes, that's a retrograde.